Don't let them get hot, baby. The temperature goes up and the Brewers get spicy hot. Take that, St. Louis Cardinals. Corbin Burns, the reigning Cy Young Award winner, the flamethrower. Seven innings, only two hits, ten strikeouts, 108 pitches, 70 of them strikes, and the Brewers, courtesy of a Tyrone Taylor home run in the fifth inning, get it done, two to nothing over the Cardinals. First place is ours. Rowdy, how does it feel? And good morning. Yeah, good morning. So, first off, obviously, it's nice to see a Brewers win, but there's nothing better than coming home from work, getting some stuff done, and then finally being able to turn on a nationally televised game and sit down oh. and watch a Brewers game. How the win, sweet. The win was just the cherry on the top. How sweet it is to watch the Milwaukee Brewers on national TV, Rowdy. And Take that, Bally Sports, you a-holes. They're going back for more. FS1 again tonight. That's the Cardinals effect, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's the first place in the NL Central, the battle for first place, I guess. But I did get a message from a buddy, and it was a tweet from Bally Sports. They're coming out with a I Bally Sports Plus, which is only for, like, Milwaukee Brewers. It, I don't know if they throw the bucks on it. On, Jan- on Jan- or Jan- January. On June 23rd, it's coming out. So, of course, you boy, I looked into it. Still looks pretty expensive to just buy strictly oh, sporting God. events. What is it? Tell me. I can't remember exactly, we'll but I want to say it. it was still like 20 bucks a month. We'll have to look into it. Well, oh my God. It's, uh, I cut the cable a long time ago and, uh, you know, I had Hulu Live Sports. They had then, what was it? Fox Sports Wisconsin. And then eventually they uh, were in a disagreement and nothing came to fruition. Rowdy over here has uh, Dish. Yep. And what happened with this, Rowdy? Yeah, same thing with them, except for it was a little, it was sooner. It was July of 2019. Yeah, and uh, we've been uh, trying to do our darndest from going out to the bars or, you know, we have some friends that may or may not give us some websites to get some uh, streams. Uh, But Bally Sports right here, Rowdy, Bally Sports Plus, a new option to watch Brewers games coming June 23rd. A new way to stream the Brewers live. Or it sounds like to me is a new way for them to fleece their pockets as all of us um, suffer, but until we have the Brewers on national TV, which how, yeah, dude, I mean, so think, good last night. You think about it, you can. Uh, I thought I saw it was like somewhere around twenty dollars a month. It's still less than a dollar a Brewer game, yeah, per month, yeah. But still, it's the principle. I, you can get MLB like subscription packages for like less than that and watch any game. But if you get that. You won't get the Brewers because they'll black you out. I I never understand any of this. Like the the place, the state where you live, it's it's your birthright. It's your right to have your professional teams be able to air for free for you. That's that's just my humble opinion on this. Uh, The Bally Sports Wisconsin app, Rowdy, without an existing cable or satellite service. Uh, for nineteen ninety nine a month, yeah, twenty bucks, or a hundred and eighty nine and a hundred and eight, a hundred and ninety dollars for an annual subscription. Users can purchase the app and watch the live Brewers games as well as Bucks games eventually in the fall. So there you go. They say Bally Sports airs almost all Brewers games and a considerable slate of Bucks games during the year. Uh, Bally Sports Wisconsin hasn't been offered on most cord cutting services such as YouTube TV or Hulu Live TV for nearly two years, or in Rowdy's case. Dish Network, Dish Network, which will be three years God. in July. 
The, the things that we do for the love of our team to watch them, i.e. beat the St. Louis. Well, we didn't have to do it last night because, again, it was on FS1. But for them to beat the St. Louis Cardinals, God bless America, it feels good. Corbin Burns, dude. Mm. So, obviously, I mentioned that it was nice just to come home, sit down, and watch the game on national TV. Not have to wait, you know, another 15 seconds after you already get the notification that (laughs) Tyrone Taylor hits a home run and then you get to see it on your stream. That's clearly behind. Yes. But actually watching the game live, there's no update saying Tyrone Taylor hit a home run before (laughs) it actually happens. (laughs) But I mean, overall talking about the game itself, what a good game just in oh general. Oh my God. It was I awesome. I mean, you look at Corbin Burns through a dandy. He was so Craig good. Craig Council once again knew he had to lean on his ace, allowed him to go out there past 100 pitches, yep. and Corbin Burns delivered. Delivered. And then even on top of that, you want to talk about the Cardinals. How about watching Nolan Arenado playing third base? Nolan Arenado literally made play after play after play at third base. Yeah. Or the Brewers could have had another handful of hits. Dude, it was this. I mean, this is the battle for first place in the NL Central. These were two good teams going at it, and my God, they both want it. And they want to bet. Rowdy, this last night was a game. Like that was a game. But last how about night. how about Paul Goldschmidt? We talked about Paul Goldschmidt a little bit the last few weeks, just because going into uh, that game, what a couple weeks ago, yeah. him and Rowdy Telez both had no errors. They're the only first baseman yep. in the National League, and then obviously Rowdy Telez was charged with an error. But then he was also one of the guys that him, Manny Machado, and a couple others were in on the uh, MVP candidacies for the NL this year. How about his at-bats against Corbin Burns and uh, Josh Hader last night? Corbin Burns gets him to go 0-3 and makes him just look sick. And then... Josh Hader gets him to swing and strike out on a pitch. If the, if the uh, pitching mound is 60 feet, six inches on a pitch that was about 55 feet and he was already swinging the, before the ball was even 10 feet to the plate. Rowdy, which one do you want to hear first? I have both calls, the Josh Hader one or the Corbin Burns one on Goldschmidt on Goldie. Just rattle them both off. We'll we'll start. We'll start uh, with uh, Corbin Burns. Here's Corbin Burns. Uh, game zero zero strikes out swinging with Burnsy. Good stuff right here. Uh, take a listen to this one. There you go. Here he comes. Hey, struck him out swinging. He came upstairs with a fastball on Goldschmidt. He went after it, and the inning is over. No, I mean nothing better than Euchre and the little organ playing in the background, and then Josh Hader off the paternity list. Uh, congratulations, uh, Josh Hader. I think uh, Lucas Alexander was the name of his new son. Uh, many say, Rowdy, that Jason Alexander's been doing so well that Josh Hader wanted to take Jason Alexander's last name and give it to his son uh, for his middle name. That's why it is Lucas Alexander. Did you hear that? Did you know that? I did see the name was Lucas. Didn't see that it was Alexander. Yeah, yeah. That, it's, it's what you said, Jason though, makes a lot of sense. Uh, here's, uh, though, Josh Hader coming back off the paternity. I was just kidding. Here's Josh Hader off the paternity list. Uh, getting it done for his 20th save and 21 opportunities. Uh, this was the one Rowdy was talking about on Paul Goldschmidt. The dangerous Paul Goldschmidt. Half swing and a miss. Omar hustling after the ball to throw to first. Got him! Another play by Omar Narvaez. And 
what? Okay, and Omar Narvaez rowdy in the ninth inning. Oh my God! Did you see him with the with the throw to the ages, the second base for? Well, Paul Goldschmidt is an MVP candidate. He goes over, over four with two Ks, and they just made him look bad. They yeah. made him look bad. Yeah. And then when you look at the Cardinals, just in general, they had three hits last night. Three hits against Christian Yelich, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader. Corbin Burns. Er, sorry. I was going to say, Yelly's not pitching. He's not that bad yet. <laughs> Corbin, Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns goes seven innings, was flawless, 10 strikeouts, two hits, just two walks. But the same guy, the very same guy had two out of the three hits, and that was Juan Yepes. For the Arizona, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, I'm all over the place. You're, for the you're, excited. you're excited. The Brewers beat the Cardinals. You're he excited. was the only guy to figure out Corbin Burns last night, and all he had was was two just singles. And then on top of that, the only other hit in the game, which came by Donovan, the guy that later gets thrown out yeah. on attempting to steal second, that was a swinging bunt. Yeah, where where Josh Hader completely jammed him, and all he did was hit a little. Squibber, squibber down to like between the pitcher's a second base squibber. and Arias nearly threw him out there. Yeah. Like the Cardinals were absolutely shut down on offense it between Burns, day. Williams and Hayter. But then on the same side, Michaelis pitched decently well. Yeah, I know the, good. the Brewers did hit, had some hard contact, but they were deep fly balls that yeah. were like warning track power. Hey. Obviously Taylor's went out and then Nolan Arenado, the guy that's won five straight platinum gold gloves was literally making play, play after play, play yeah. at third base. He was a beast. It was a hell of a game. It was fun to watch. It was a really fun game. And that's what you get when you put it on. When the Brewers get on TV where all their fans can watch them, you get little gems like that. And yeah, Rowdy, the difference last night, here you go. Swing the drive to center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for Tyrone Taylor. God, there's nothing better than Bob Uecker. That was the difference right there. A Tyrone Taylor a home run with what's also bringing Rowdy, one Keston Hira. So look at that. Which, the, wow. Did you see what Keston Hira did last night? Kest Daddy, baby. Had a hit, had a walk, got on base multiple got times. A run. Scored a run. Weird when you let him face a right-handed hitter, right? Strange. Well, here, here's how I know the Brewers were turning things around. It was, uh, I'm going to go all the way back to Saturday against the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Keston Hira hit a home run off of a lefty. That's how I knew the Brewers, A, were going to be winning on Saturday, but also, B, uh, we're going to be turning things around. Keston Hero, who is statistically the worst hitter in the entire major leagues against left-handed pitchers, hit a home run on Saturday against a lefty. That's right there, uh, looking back on it. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, But looking back on it right there, I'm like, I know the Brewers are turning this damn thing around after they won on their little losing skid. Damn, that game felt good last night. Felt great. But now the elephant in the room, it's Jack Flaherty, Cardinals ace, who has not been available to pitch much the last this season and the following or the past season versus (laughs) question mark. Aaron Ashby going on the IL. Now the the third pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers in their top six to go on the IL. But yes, it was a question mark last night. It looks like 
Chichi Gonzalez will get the nod. <laughs> oh my God. I'm a little nervous about today, tonight. Oh, Chichi Gonzalez. He's got DFA'd by the Twins. He is zero for zero with an ERA of 7.71, making his Brewers debut. Chichi Gonzalez. What a, just what another hit though to the Milwaukee Brewers. It looks like they're about to get healthy. Woodruff was in attendance in the dugout yesterday. They were talking about his good start and how they're feeling pretty good about him making another start up into Appleton before rejoining the crew. But everything seems to be going and trending towards the right direction. Then all of a sudden you had uh, Aaron Ashby start. Looked decent out in New York, and then all of a sudden gave up a home run, and it was 4-4. to Had to leave the game with some arm tightness. He said he felt good. He'd be ready to make his next start. Oh, nope. Going to the IL. (sighs) Chichi Gonzalez. Chichi Gonzalez. We'll talk about the Brewers starting uh, pitchers and their rotation coming up here. Chichi Gonzalez. Yes, uh, here, ready. Let's see. Aaron Ashby on the 15 day IL uh, with left forearm inflammation. Left forearm inflammation. So, I wonder if this is the Brewers just being cautious because he probably. said he felt good. Yeah, and, and, now, I hadn't heard any updates on if he had thrown a bullpen or threw on the side and all of a sudden it acted up. But from all accounts, from what I heard, he felt all right. And then, uh, boom, on the IL. Chi Chi Gonzalez. Oh, RJ in early. I love it. Uh, let's go to the phone line. Chi-Chi, is that you on line one? Chi-Chi, hello? Yeah, I'm ready to go, man. Let's go. Give me the ball. <laughs> Give me a, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. What's going on, homie? I'll tell you what, guys. DW in the house. I loved watching that game last night. Burns looked like Cy Young material all over again. Um, and i tell you, that Narado, that third baseman for St. Louis, oh, my God, is he a yeah, with a glove. Yeah, that was a good uh, game last night, DW. Yeah, he's won the last five platinum gold gloves, which isn't just the best position player at your position, but that's the best yeah. fielder in the National did, League. Did you see that when he got called on in the check swing? I looked. If Brooks could have killed that first baseman umpire, would have fell over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it was a check swing, and he's like, "Oh, he's screaming!" Like, I was like, "Oh man, that was crazy." But. <laughs> My thing with this, with Gonzalez going tonight, you, you got to be kidding me. I mean, the Brewers, the Brewers got a one game up on the Cardinals now, but you're like giving the game back unless the Brewers can put ten on. DW, have faith, brother. Have faith in the Chichi Gonzalez. Have faith. How come they don't bring up Ethan Small? I mean, see, I was talking with one of my buddies last night. And we were saying kind of the same thing. Chi-Chi Gonzalez is a guy, you know what you have. He's an arm. He's a guy that's career ERA over five. He's just there to log some innings and and get you through this stuff. We thought the same thing about Jason Alexander, but look at the summer of Jason Alexander continues on. But Ethan Small has been someone we've heard about for multiple years now. We saw him throw, what, one or two really good innings against the Cubs and then kind of uh, have a bit of a, a meltdown where he couldn't catch his breath. But it, he right. looked the part until then. I wouldn't right. mind seeing him get another start or two. Well, I don't know if they will. I mean, they may want to just bring him up for the bullpen. But if these arms keep going down, you're going to have to do something pretty quick. Yeah, we need you to get in there, DW. Ah, uh, jeez. 
I might be good for forty pitches, and yet hey, well, the they'll need you if they could get if they need Chichi Gonzalez. They in DW in there. Forty pitches at forty miles an hour for forty days on the IL. The Ephus legend. Forty days. The yeah, old luck of ball specialist coming to you. The Ephus specialist on the mound. He's unhittable, folks. You can't hit forty miles an hour. Let's go. Yeah, I tell you what, though, I uh, this this whole week is going to be a big week for the Brewers because, it, you know, it was nice that they had a three-game winning streak with Cincinnati and a four-game now, but yeah. you got three more games with the Cardinals and you got Toronto coming to town. It, 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 it's going to be huge. This is big boy ball. Big boy ball, DW. Yeah, you got that right. And I'm just I'm just worried about the pitching staff. You're going to have enough starters to make it through the week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they kept saying that Josh Hader should be a starter. Remember that, like years ago. Maybe Hader's back. All right, it's my time. Let's go. I'm gonna get up here. Gotta impress my well, new, my newborn son. It's too bad you can't have uh, Corbin Burns for 70 starts in a year, huh? Yeah, go CC Sabathia route. Pitch him every three days. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, hey, have a good day, guys. You too, DW. You. you the man, brother. Right. See, you, see you, buddy. So after the game, FS1 did obviously a little bit of a, a post game with some clips and some comments. Yeah. They flashed up Corbin Burns' numbers through his first 14 starts this season versus his first 14 starts last season. Remember, we had the Corbin Burns watch. It was all the strikeouts without any walks. Yeah. He started the season with over 50 innings, or sorry, over 50 plus strikeouts without a walk. And it was a record. And it was the longest record to start a season for most strikeouts without a walk. And then it was the longest at any point during a season where it was a stretch with the most strikeouts Hell without yeah. a walk until Garrett Cole later beat, uh, broke it like less than a month later. Yeah. Well, they flashed Garrett up the Cole. numbers. Right. He has a better ERA through 14 starts this season. He has a better whip through 14 starts this season. He's giving up less hits. The only, the only category that they flashed up there that Corbin Burns was actually worse this season through 14 starts than he was last season. That was case per nine. And we were talking about his case per nine last season was over 13 through yeah. his first 14 starts. And this year it was 11 and change. That's horrible. <laughs> so hey, yeah, RJ. just a drastic drop off. Good morning, RJ morning. Oh, the one thing you didn't mention the third hit came on and asking for a crew chief review which is the biggest cop out of <laughs> you only have one challenge. Yeah. If you use yeah, it and what's win, all the challenges? you keep it. If you lose if, if you lose the challenge, you lose it. But you have unlimited asks of the crew chief to read and granted it got it right. Yeah. But still, biggest cop out in baseball. And you the crew chief. Uh could you look at it, sir? Okay, sir, 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 sir. I've never seen a crew chief say no. <laughs> The NBA's draft is set for this Thursday in Brooklyn, my friends. And uh, we have ourselves, uh, I mean, what, Chet Holmgren is expected to be the number one pick. Then I see him falling a little bit. Then someone else goes up, like Jabari Smith. Then I see uh, that uh, Banchero guy out of Duke. And then you see, like, uh, Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky. And you're like, all right, I don't know what's going on here. But I do know that Johnny Davis, the pride of, uh, we're up in WKTY, beautiful yeah. lacrosse, Wisconsin. So the pride of lacrosse, Wisconsin, Johnny Davis, is projected to be a top 12 Unless the pick. Taco Bell rings. I have yet to see this Taco Bell commercial. How? How? I, I don't know. 
they play it yeah. all the time, and it's not just one. There's about is he two wearing or... a suit in, in it? Yeah, yeah. Is it a, is it like a grayish suit? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So, I, okay. Okay. I have yet to see it, but I know what he's wearing in it. Does he wear a suit? Does he eat a taco? Okay. Is it Taco Bell? I think I have seen it on the peripherals, on the corner of my eye when the TV was on. I, mean, I think it wow. soaked into my subconscious. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what kind of taco he's There's like two or three different ones. I, I like I've, only, I've only maybe seen it once then. I glanced okay. at it. Yeah, all right. I couldn't tell you what taco it is he's Cra- selling. Crazy. It, it's Taco Bell. Yeah, I know, but they like wrap them differently than they call some dumb name. No, it's just a taco. Is it a Baja? No. It's just a taco. It's just a Taco Bell commercial. You know, like they do where they ring so the bell. So he's literally just selling like a hard shell taco? That's all he has. I feel like Johnny Davis is worth more than a hard shell taco. Dude, give him a cheesy gordita crunch. Commercial. It might be Settle a chalupa. Down. Give him a cheesy gordita crunch or something. <laughs> if you like, zoom in, it could be a chalupa. Crunch wrap supreme. I'm, listen, if he's just selling a hard shell taco, this is, we got to re- <laughs> We gotta get better here. Like he, he needs, uh, you're you're like a crunch wrap. You're or something. all of a sudden diving real deep into hey, this for never seeing the commercial. Think about before. this, RJ. I'm concerned this now. is a guy. This I'm is concerned. a guy over here that says he doesn't doesn't watch the TV, doesn't see the commercial, but named that he was in a suit, named that obviously it was Taco Bell, yeah. and that he was eating a taco. And well, I mean, the odds are pretty no, good if he's eating a taco. This is a guy that was adamant taco Bell. about Johnny Davis and the Mountain Dew Code Red. Yeah. Remember because yeah, we I saw like, the no, bill. No, yeah. it's not Code Red. I saw... No, it was... There nobody was a code red nobody else has seen no, the Code Red No, there's a Code Red. red. I, there's a... No, uh, sorry. There's a, it's red on the billboard. That's what it is. Yep. Listen, I've, break, I've broken the trance. When it comes to advertising, that work on me. All right? I'm a free thinker. I mean, it does. You just don't remember it. <laughs> I haven't been to Taco Bell to buy a taco. You, I've been. I've been doing Mountain Dew. He was wearing a gray suit. Don't tell me you haven't. Seen I told the you. I probably caught a glimpse of it then. Hey guys, Wait, is that so the one? Does Johnny Davis have a gray suit on? Is he dressed like he's going to the NBA? Does he bite? Is it, is into it like a, he's the next pick? Does and he then bite the bell into rings? the taco? And then he eats does, the does taco. Does like the guy like knock over something? And then he's like, oh crap! And he's got to walk up on stage. Yeah, never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it. Never said any of that. Twenty twenty-two NBA draft is Johnny Davis. I've never seen this before. Ever. Okay, well, let me watch. I just described it. Let me watch. Let me soak it all in, man. Okay. Did you say bong on there? Oh, because the bell bong. When you need a Okay, see, I don't believe that. Toasted cheddar chalupa is. Oh, see, it's a toasted cheddar chalupa. I didn't know that. All right, so we do have a better than just a hard shell taco. Okay, though. sure. All right, there you go. Johnny Davis. There see, it is. the advertising doesn't work on me because I didn't see, know what it was. There, I can officially RJ rejected the hard shell chalupa I taco. can officially yeah. say I've seen the entire commercial now, but yeah. apparently there's a couple of them. There's two or three, but they're all very similar. Okay, all right. Well, Johnny Davis with that Taco Bell money, uh, hopefully we'll be making a little more money when he's drafted in the NBA. <laughs> all right, so Johnny Davis projected a top 12 pick around that. I am... Uh, well, then I go and look at it now of the this new mock draft that's out, and I see Johnny Davis here at pick number twenty. I hope that's not the case for him. Uh, to the San Antonio Spurs, it's it's the same thing for all Wisconsin sports. Well, they went to Wisconsin for a reason. Well, the highest we saw him when he was like really beasting out for uh, the Badgers last year was seventh. I saw. Yeah. 
Uh, that would be to the uh, who was that to uh, the Trailblazers. It was well, at that point, and yeah, but at that point in time, they also didn't know. Yeah, that's true. And then I saw the Knicks were possibly going to take him there at pick eleven now. Uh, but Johnny Davis, boys, uh, anyway, he's projected to be a top twelve pick. What does this mean for Wisconsin basketball? I mean, the last time you had two guys uh, in the top first round was uh, twenty fifteen, Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky, and then Bo Ryan stopped recruiting. Uh, so I mean, let's go back to that. <laughs> let's go back to that year when it's back to back Final Four. And then they, Sam Decker, Frank the Tank, going to the uh, draft in the first round. Have the Badgers been able to capitalize off of two guys uh, getting an NBA in the first round? No, no, just no. that fast. Yeah, no, I agree with RJ. Just look, because look at the amount of guys who left the program and went to and like, I'm, not, I'm not saying I disagree. Right. I'm just, look, look at the guys who left the program who were the big recruits, and their next spot down is a non-Power 5 uh, conference team, a mid-major team, or D2. Yeah. Well, to RJ's point, yeah. Bo Ryan almost, it seemed like he went all in with that group. And yeah. then was kind of, he was kind of like Lorenzo Cain this year, oh, no. to be completely honest. It was like he was there <laughs> collecting the check, going through the motions, kind of, like you said, RJ, kind of like yeah. half-assed recruiting. That class... What was that? The 2016 class where it was like uh, Khalil Iverson and I mean, that was the last Charlie Thomas. Iverson was the only one that was worth the crap. Everyone else was garbage. (laughs) Charlie, Charlie Thomas's next best school was like Ball State. And hey, to be fair, once he became University. Charles, he started tanking. And and who, <laughs> who was the other the the kid Charles. from uh, overseas from like the Netherlands? Oh, Van Vliet, or uh, he transferred uh, out to Van, like Stony Brook. Van Vliet, Van Vliet, Van Vliet. Yeah, Van Vliet is Fred, who was with Wichita. Oh State. yeah, that yeah. Then he, then he 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 went to like Stony Brook or some little yeah, tiny right. East Stony Coast Brook. school yeah. that you never heard. But of But that's before. after the NCAA jammed Alex Ilikanig was. Awful. Yeah. He left he, the program. Yeah, he's, like he stunk. There was supposed to be like a couple decent players. I think Al Ilikanig was supposed to be like the best player in that class. Was he like, a uh, Mr. Basketball. Yeah, he was like yeah, some was. stud in yeah. Minnesota. He couldn't even hardly tie his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> like people were calling for him to like be benched. If if Wisconsin fans could cut college players, he would have been cut. I think he did go back to D two RJ. Yeah, he's the one who went to D two. Really, if we could cut Wisconsin, if we could cut college players, would you would you nominate yourself for the position of doing it? I'd be. I would probably be hired by a university <laughs> to do that specific job, and my nickname by the players would probably be like the butcher, the axe man. <laughs> uh, did you ever see the King of the Hill episode where Dale Gribble's uh, got to get out of uh, pesticide, and he hires him in the uh, in an office setting and. He ends up being really good at firing people, so that's his main job. They give him an office, and he just fires like ten people a day. That would be rowdy. He would, he would be, he would be. Well, RJ's not the, wrong. Like the that butcher, class, the that, butcher. That class was literally Khalil and nobody else. Yeah, like nobody else did it. Pretty much anything for that Wisconsin basketball team besides take up a bench spot. All right, so after it, so are we going to be in some tough times then? Because twenty fifteen sixteen season, they lose. Or I'm sorry, twenty fourteen. This is the 15. reason oh, why. Excuse me, sir. Bo Ryan, he didn't want to be there anymore. 20, he was, 2016 was actually Aleem Ford and Demetric Trice. So I think that would be 2015. No, it would have been 15 then. So 2014-15, they lost in the national final. Yeah, it would have been 2015. And then 2015-16, they ended up losing. That was when Bo Ryan pieced out at 7-5. and five. Yeah. Well, and Greg Gard took over. And then they 
made it back to the okay, NCAA so tournament. Pritzel, Illikanen, Iverson, Thomas, and Van Vliet. Oof, that's yeah. I, that, those that, are that three guys. Ears. Those are three guys that did absolutely nothing for you. Yep. And then uh, Iverson was all right, and Pritzel was all right. Yeah. And Pritzel was basically coming here because he was a Wisconsin kid, wanted to play for the Badgers. Yep. So two of those guys get drafted, right? Uh, Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky in the first round. And then the next year is the tor- turmoil year. They go 22 and 13. Uh, Bro Ryan steps down when he's 7 and 5. And you're looking like a team that's like going to not even make the NIT. Oh, no. Not even going to make the NIT. Why? Gregory Gard comes in and just <laughs> bandages it together. And then they end up losing in the regional semifinal in the NCAA tournament. But that was tough. I mean, if you want to go down rabbit holes, you saw that the recruiting was pretty lackluster from Bo Ryan. You saw that the coaching in general was just different that year. The team wasn't that great. Playing for him, even though they had a lot of remnants from those back-to-back Final Four teams, like the Nigel Hayes, the Zach Showalters, the Bronson Koenigs. Like they had a ton of talent on those teams. I almost feel like it was like a coordinated coordinated destruction of the team just so Bo Ryan could step away and get his guy Greg Gard in there to have a shot at the coaching job, which Bo Ryan probably felt like Greg Gard deserved. Yeah, he'd been there for 20 years with him. Maybe Barry Alvarez, the current uh, athletic director, was going to go in another direction had Bo Greg Ryan Gard. not done that. Team small hair. But I, I feel like that was almost like a coordinated demolition team, of that the team smoke. that year. I'm here. And, and it wasn't necessarily Wisconsin's fault. Like, had Bo Ryan say he was younger and was going to stay for another decade, I bet they would have improved some recruiting, yeah. especially off of back-to-back Final Fours. If he knew he was going to be there, I guarantee you they would have been better. But it was it was basically, a, like I said, a coordinated demolition. So, let me ask you guys this, then. After back-to-back Final Fours, and you got two guys going to the first round, what did you expect Wisconsin? I mean, obviously we didn't expect Bo Ryan and all that, that craziness for him to step down. And the whole 2018 class is gone. Like, what did you think <laughs> after a back-to-back Final Fours, a national championship, you got two guys in the first round of the NBA like what did you expect the Wisconsin basketball to do after that not to start recruiting five-star kids like the Tyler heroes of the world or or like to that level or extent but to start to get into almost like the Badger football team how they've been since the Logan Brown year yeah and the Graham Mertz years they've started dipping in and grabbing more fours and occasional five here or there Kind of more like that, because I would say for the most part, before the Logan Brown and Graham Mertz's for Wisconsin football, it was a lot of two and three stars. I think that was the exact same thing for Wisconsin basketball for the most part. But football has now jumped up to some fours and fives. Basketball still seems to recruit a lot of threes. With a little bit of fours. So with Wisconsin now, obviously of Johnny Davis of the draft coming up on Thursday night, he's going to be, you know, in the first round. Uh, Wisconsin... I don't. I feel like they can never really pounce on these. I mean, this is national attention, obviously. Yeah. I mean, this is huge. But then I, I say that, and I think that, and then I look. I saw Wisconsin uh, basketball post this uh, a couple months ago in May. I just found it uh, here at Wisconsin. We're regulars of the Big Dance. They're one of just five schools to participate in twenty-two of the last twenty-three NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. The teams that they join: Duke, Gonzaga. Kansas and Michigan State, Crazy and then Wisconsin's one of five. Yeah, so and like I mean, I say on one hand, like how can they cannot capitalize on some of the stuff, and then here they are with Duke, 
Gonzaga, Kansas, and Michigan State. And then you get the people who are upset with so what? Not, what is qualifying for the tournament just isn't enough. I mean, and like, like I'm, it's but not. But they're one of five. But they're schools. one of five of twenty-two of the last twenty-three NCAA tournament. It's, it's the same people who and look they're at, always up in the Big Ten winning. It's the same people who look at Wisconsin football and say, "Well, they get a bowl game isn't enough." So how is I it? Mean, like, well, I it, think there's multiple reasons. Are we spoiled or are we one, like? Well, you want more, obviously, but the offense isn't flashy. Right. Now I know towards the end of Bo Ryan era where they ran like a hybrid swing, but they had the athletes. Right. You would say before those last couple of years of Bo Ryan, they didn't really have the athletes to run that quote unquote hybrid swing. But I think the, so it's the, it's the offense. That's not flashy. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that it does you any favors. The fact that uh, living in Wisconsin, living in Madison from basically November till March, it's pretty freaking cold. It's not so, warm. So if you're going to go grab some talent from California or Florida or just the South in general, they're probably not too antsy to get into the cold when it's uh, when they're playing in the I, cold months. That's month. why most I think of their that, guys are from the Midwest. That's why they go to Minnesota. That's why they recruit <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> and <laughs> Illinois. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Minnesota, Minnesota kids, cold. it's warmer here. Yeah, We don't get as much snow, maybe. <laughs> I, I would say it's it's probably the these three things. And we it's have more the, lakes. It's the cold weather, <laughs> we especially during winter when you're traveling and playing. It's the unflashy offense, and it's the fact that you're not a college basketball blue blood. Even though you're mentioned in these... Uh, in the blue bloods. You're mentioned with a lot of blue bloods, but you don't you don't have the Duke. Yeah. You don't have the North Carolina behind you're you. You're like winning the Big Ten or getting top four or better. You're always in the NCAA tournament. you got, obviously, not a lot, but some guys now go to the Ooh. NBA. And like, I, I, we'll throw a fourth one in there for the new age. It sounds like Wisconsin doesn't want to pay any NIL stuff. That's a new well, one. They got the marketplace rowdy. They got they'll, UW. They'll, and they got the varsity, and the, collective. The varsity collective. I'm guessing that's going to expand just past football. Johnny Davis, obviously good for the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah. Getting drafted. I mean, what is there to do to capitalize on it, though? Just to kind of say, hey, recruits, look what we can do for you. Like, we can do this. Look at Sam Decker. Look at Frank Kaminsky of, you know, 2015. Look at Johnny well, Davis. I think the only difference between Johnny Davis and, like, the Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky is when Frank Kaminsky got there, that was the project of all projects, right? Yeah. Some people were questioning if he was mentally all there when they saw I remember, picture- I remember my dad saying, like, we gave a scholarship to this knob. He was he was wearing <laughs> the goggles. The Rex Goggles, a headband. He looked like a tool. And it was a guy that barely played. <laughs> he averaged less than two points a game his sophomore year, and then he became what he was. Yeah, you didn't want to judge a book by his cover. No. He looked at me like, ooh. Sam Decker, he was a guy that was a higher recruit, highly rated recruit, Wisconsin and he came boy? in. He kind of struggled his freshman year, and Bo oh, Ryan oh, would oh, yank him and throw him on the bench when he screwed up. But he grew, and I still hold the belief I think they would have went to – three straight final fours had he came back and played his senior yeah. year. But yeah, he, yeah, you can't fault him for going when his stock was high. No, no, But I mean, regardless, the only thing different between those two and, and Johnny Davis is Johnny Davis left after year two. Those other guys had been in the program yeah, for yeah. three, four, five yeah. years. This is a guy that kind of showed that, so, Hey, I can, I can get out there. And if you go to Wisconsin, you can still leave after two years. The only, the only way that it would have been even a bigger statement for Wisconsin is if he was a true freshman and left right away. So I mean, Sam Decker, a Wisconsin guy, obviously Johnny Davis, a Wisconsin guy going to be first round of the NBA draft. Can you look around and what's been one of the big bugaboos RJ when it comes to a homegrown talent here in Wisconsin, they 
go elsewhere. Yeah. Can you say now to your in-state talent, be like, yo, okay, we can get guys in the NBA. Look what we have. If you're yeah. from Wisconsin, you're a good player, we can get you right to the NBA. Two years, Johnny Davis. Uh, it, it, and it can always be that way. Mm-hmm. Like, there's guys who, I mean, not many, but there's guys who leave early. I mean, I mean, and some of those you, guys that go elsewhere on a handful. Some of those guys that go uh, elsewhere don't really work out for them either, though. But like, no, and like for the most part, you've never really heard the guys. I mean, you have like Kayvon Looney and like a couple guys who do. Yeah. But oh yeah. Though, and and Hero, those guys are going to be the end all be all and make it. Yeah. Um. But you guys like JP Takoto. Yeah, like him. Whatever like, happened to that guy? Nothing, because he went to North Carolina and wasn't coached. Yeah. He was a good recruit. Roy Williams, what can he do? Recruit. What can't he do? Coach. <laughs> yeah, JP Dakota could not shoot the basketball. Did I say JT? I think I said JT. I don't think it matters. That does matter. Well, the thing, <laughs> well, the thing is, he was a super athletic dude, but he yeah. didn't have a jump shot. Right. And he never developed a jump shot. He was... He never developed at all, like you said. Yeah. yeah. I, and, like, that's the case with a lot of, I mean, at least if you come to Wisconsin, you're also going to learn. Like, you're you're continuing to learn and develop here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's. I look at the jump Johnny Davis had from yeah, his freshman year there, and sophomore and year. There's some kids who, like, like, we've seen in the past, they reached their ceiling in high school. And oh, yeah. we saw a flat line. And that's some of the recruits who we ended up seeing leave. The whole 2018 class transferred. Yep. <laughs> I will say, though, I think it you have to have certain type of kids. Absolutely. That fit somewhat into the system. Yep. I actually don't think Tyler Hero would have worked very well at Wisconsin. I would like to see it try. Yeah. Not, not in the swing that they've run with Johnny Davis and the crew the last couple of years. Yep. I, I really don't think he would have worked. But other types of players that could go in one year could work. It all It's all about fit, too. The, the kids who come here and transfer saying they didn't know what the program was all about, man, like how dumb do you have to be to look at this and be like, it's for me. Then after a year, looking at you, Jared Utah, uh, <laughs> this is totally not what I expected. And then how'd he how'd he do? I forgot of your love of Jared Utah. That's funny. The guy wrote a letter and left it in a mailbox that wasn't even in the same building as his head coach. Man, what's up, Doc? Remember when I called uh, yeah. Pritchard Rat Boy? Utah. He's yeah. a rat boy. Too. He's a rabbit boy. He looks like the original Bugs Bunny. Yeah. The oval face, the teeth that jump. I forgot out. your love of Jared Utah. That's funny. Kid has no no spine. Actually, he was 18. Man had no spine. Can I get a woot woot for Chi-Chi Gonzalez? Rowdy? Woot 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 woot! Chi-Chi Gonzalez! I love the fact that we had Grant Bills on from the Wisco Sports Show earlier this morning, and he goes, do you think there's any way possible we can get four or five innings and only, like, one or two runs given up. Well, let's let's reset it for. I don't think that anyone really, even diehard Brewers fans, I don't think know what's going on right now, Rowdy. Who is pitching tonight for the Milwaukee Brewers? Well, it's Chichi Gonzalez. Woot woot! Chichi Gonzalez has a record of zero and zero, and he carries around this year an ERA of seven point seven one. His career nine and twenty three. With an area of 5.69. Can I get a woot woot? Yeah, Chi-Chi Gonzalez is a guy that's been around to a few different teams now. And it's kind of the same story everywhere. 
He's got an extremely high ERA where I think, uh, I mean, he was with the Rockies before the Twins, obviously the Twins this season, now the Brewers. When he was a Rocky, I mean, he was a guy that was carrying an ERA over five pretty much every single year. Yeah, it was 5.29, Rowdy, his first year with the Rockies. Then it was 6.86, and then his final year with the Rockies, 6.46, before going to the Twins and then getting DFA'd. Yeah, and some people could say, oh, well, he was pitching in Coors Field that's in higher altitude. The ERA and everything's going to be elevated slightly. But yeah, then he goes to Minnesota, doesn't have any better luck. Uh, Chi-Chi Gonzalez at this point is just an arm because the Brewers have now had three out of their top six starting pitchers hit the IL as uh, Aaron Ashby was sent to the IL can yesterday. I, uh, can I give you his ERA, Chi-Chi's that is, for 2015 and 16 when he was with the Rangers? His first year, 2015, he carried around a 3.9 ERA. How many games? Uh, 14. So very small sample size. He was four of six, or four and six. Rowdy, then his final year with uh, the Rangers, oof, he carried around an ERA of 8.71. Hmm. And that was only three games. So to answer Grant Bill's question, <laughs> can we get four or five innings out of Chi-Chi Gonzalez? I would say yes, especially if, Craig Council sees this as just a guy that is an arm that's going to eat up innings and doesn't really care what the score is or care much about winning this game, but basically getting through this spot in the rotation and eating up innings. If Craig Council believes that, then yes, Chi-Chi Gonzalez could throw four or five innings for you. Now, the second half of that question was, could he give up one, maybe two runs or less? Less. That I'll doubt, <laughs> especially if you're going to let him go longer. There's going to be runs that uh, that somehow G- acquire G- up G- on that G- scoreboard G- for the G- opposing G- team. G- G- but G- we've been surprised before with the likes of Jason Alexander. Everyone wanted to throw dirt on Jason Alexander. Not this guy. I was a believer. But I'm a believer in, in the one Chichi difference Gonzalez. between Chichi Gonzalez and Jason Alexander. I believe Jason Alexander was a lowly a lowly player toiling away in triple a that had never played in the big leagues approaching his late twenties, early thirties. Chi Chi Gonzalez is a guy that surfaced in the big leagues years ago and just has never performed well there. Yeah. His career ERA is minus 0.3. I'm sorry. War. Excuse me, Ronnie. His career war is minus 0.3. That's not good. (laughs) It gets better though. His war this year is minus 0.1. That's better than minus 0.3, Rowdy. Last time I checked. No one believes in Jason Alexander, but this guy. No one believes in Chichi Gonzalez, but... I feel like we pull up, go on YouTube and pull up the Chichi's little jingle. I have that. Man, I gotta search for that. I, I think there is one. Can I... Can we take a, can I find I it? I think it's it's probably something pretty close to the come on down to Hooters. <laughs> Gotta get down to Hooters. <laughs> all right, I'm going to find it during break, all right? I, I, I know they have one. I am on the Chi-Chi Gonzalez train. Can I get a woot, woot? Come on, Chi-Chi. There's that woot, woot. Hell yeah. I'm feeling it, Rowdy. Chi-Chi Gonzalez is going to go like two and one-third innings and give up two runs. And the Brewers are end up winning... Three to two. Man, I know there's a Chi-Chi's jingle. Ask 
and you shall receive, my friend. Look at the memory on Rowdy over here. My guy. I remember the warm tortillas uh, that they would bring to your table side, and you could get some butter slathered on there, and you'd just go to town on a... So, Ebo, over the break, goes to YouTube, tries to find the Chi-Chi's little jingle. What he tries to? And as he's pulling it up, I go, yeah, I thought it sounded something like Chi-Chi's, and you played it at almost the exact at the exact same, same time. time. Chichi Gonzalez on the mound tonight for the Milwaukee Brewers. Here's what it is going to sound like when he is done. It's worth celebrating. Pitching. Pitching. Rowdy, it's a celebration. It's worth celebrating. Chichi Gonzalez is going to correct. Well, good memory on you too, Rowdy. I can't believe you remembered that. Wow. Give a round of applause for Rowdy for remembering an obscure 90s commercial of a, uh, a now, I think it's defunct, defunct restaurant. I think you can, I think you can still buy the salsa in the, uh, in the uh, salsa aisle. It's worth celebrating. Celebration of- pitching. Pitching. Celebration of pitching. Uh, I did, I did find it in exact date, if you will. Uh, we've had this. It's worth celebrating. Celebration of- pitching. Because Chi-Chi Gonzalez is taking them out in the night for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, yes, Chi-Chi's, Rowdy, the restaurant chain, defunct of the year 2004. Flew too close to the sun on wings Wait, of tortillas. it's been gone since tw- 2004? That's what the internet. Oh, man. That's what the internet. I would have at least gave it another decade. Yep. Uh, it ceased operations September 18th. They hung on seven days after your birthday, Rowdy. September 18th, 2004, they declared bankruptcy. Man. And said, we're throwing in the tortilla. We're done. Uh, so oh, then we I had this, still get their we had this discussion off air as well. You have the Applebee's, the TGI Fridays, Carlos O'Kelly's, Chi-Chi's. Chili's. Chili's. They're, they all look the same. Yeah, they're all just the generic. Ch- I mean, chains ruled with an iron fist in like the '90s and early 2000s until people were like, "Okay, I actually want to support like local businesses, not change." So they all were like the same gentrified, just stupid looking restaurants. Well, like if you, if you took down the one sign and put the other sign up, it difference. was like literally the same thing. And the food's the same. <laughs> like the food's the same too. It's just generic slop. It's like whatever. <laughs> Oh, yes. Chi-Chi's. Uh, so the fact that that went out of business in 2004 and declared bankruptcy, but Applebee's is still kicking it. How? <laughs> or like TGI Fridays. Like, I had no idea. Like, Crapplebee's. How is that? I think that's the best. I think that's one of the biggest questions or one of the most thought-provoking questions anyone could ever ask. How does Applebee's continue on? How? Do you go to 608 321 do you go to Applebee's? If so, sell me on it. Well, I'm thinking. I know of, Ben Kenny loves it, yet he's never been there in 20 years. Yeah, when I think about like Applebee's, no, that would make him the like last time old. I was Ten at years. Applebee's was like 2013 or. F- nope, nope. It was 2020, right before the pandemic, and Badger hockey was getting absolutely throttled by Michigan <laughs> in February. Because well, you had to I, go drown your sorrows at Applebee's? No, it was we stopped there, and for some reason that was what got picked. I didn't choose, but before that, Ebo, it was like 2014 in Lacrosse. But like all of those places, it's like I haven't been there much at all since 
2014 or earlier. All right, so the last time I think it was at Applebee's. It wasn't at Chili's. It all just blends together. It was in lacrosse because my brother graduated from lacrosse, and this is so hilarious. Like, oh, we want to get a nice dinner. I'm like, well, I mean, there's a bunch of places to go in lacrosse. And it was, let's go to Applebee's. I'm like, oh, God. And that's not even in lacrosse. That's in Alaska. Yeah, it's like, what's that? My brother's graduated. It was, I tried to forget it just because of how bad it was. I'm like, you want to go to a night? Uh, it's like going to Hooters for the uh, when you're in San Francisco for the uh, Dungeness Crab when they have Alaskan crab flown in. All right, so again, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Are you a willing participant of going to Applebee's? I would love to know. And if so, sell me on the sizzle. Besides the sizzle of the fajitas that come out. Other than that, I don't really understand it. All right, Roddy. Something uh, that I do understand is a, a winner's mentality, and that would be one Josh Hader. Uh, good. How about Josh Hader scoring on and off the field, Rowdy? Uh, well, not on the field because that would be bad if it was scoring. He's scoring off the field. He welcomes in his son, Jason, not Jason Alexander, uh, Lucas Alexander. Excuse me. I made the, uh, I don't even think it's a joke. I think Jason Alexander impressed it so much so far this year at the Brewers that Josh Hader was like, all right, Jason Alexander, I'm going to use your last name and give it to my kid for his middle name. Lucas Alexander, welcome to this world. Uh, a hater, another hater. Hopefully you can throw like 100 miles per hour uh, once he gets a little older. The Bruce can sign him as a closer. But Josh Hader off the paternity list, uh, back for the homestand, gets his 20th save of the season, Rowdy, uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers last night out of 21 chances. Yeah, and he obviously looked good again. I mean, what? There was that little nubber that Arias nearly threw out Donovan on. Yeah. And then outside of that, it was nothing. It was Paul Goldschmidt swinging it at a 55, <laughs> a 55-foot pitch. I mean, they had Paul Goldschmidt looking confused and and bad all night. And, and just that combination of seven innings of Corbin Burns to one inning of Williams and then handing the ball to Hayter. I don't think Craig Council and the Milwaukee Brewers could have drawn it up any better. Corbin Burns was phenomenal. Devin Williams was throwing strikes. Josh Hader was blowing guys away again. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how, how it was. That was just a good baseball game. Yeah, that was a now, game. granted, I know that the the Brewers didn't have a ton of hits. I think they only had six. six. They doubled up the Cardinals only had three. But the Brewers... We're facing Miles Michaelis, who is just coming off of throwing 129 pitches, the most in Major League Baseball. He was one out away from a no-hitter. And Miles Michaelis, for everyone that said he was going to come in and, and look crappy in his next start because he went so long, I don't know, but Ebo, he passed the eye test for me. Pretty he good. looked pretty good. Did pretty good. And uh, the Brewers had six hits in the game. They did have a lot of long fly balls where a lot of warning track power. But then also, if we're talking about the Cardinals defensively. Nolan Arenado was a pleasure to watch playing third base, making nasty play after nasty play and probably robbing the Brewers of two or three hits. Yeah. I mean, the guy made super good plays in like three, three times in the last like three innings. Yeah. It was just a, was a good great game, game to watch. And game. for all of the, the time people with major league baseball, I was going to use a different word, but time people time people. Yeah. It was what a two hour and forty five ish oh, minute oh, game for the people that like oh baseball is too long yeah t- the t- time people I would call that the the whiners and complainers and losers of which there are many it was about two out two hours and forty five minutes you saw Man. your home run hmm. 
and you got a good pitching performance out of Corbin Burns, and it was on national TV. The best thing of it all. Uh, We didn't have to go to a Crapplebee's to watch it on their boob tube. Yeah. And tonight, also on FS1. Is that because the Brewers are so good or because the Cardinals are the Cardinals? I'm going to go with it's the Cardinals (laughs) and the Brewers are pretty good, too. Yeah. But but mostly it's because on those type of games, you always have, like, the Yankees on there. You always have, like... Yankees raise or when the, the Red Sox it's only on when the Brewers get on FS one, it's when they play the Cardinals or when it's when they have a nice inner interleague. Uh, yeah. Or when the Cubs were good, they used to throw Cubs Brewers on FS one. You don't see that anymore. No oh, Cubs suck. Uh, Corbin Burns entered tonight's or last night's game, excuse me, with 100 strikeouts, 100 K's. He had 10. That's 110 rowdy. Uh, Corbin Burns, a phenom, his fifth double-digit strikeout game of the season and the 17th of his career, just so happened to come against the team that uh, was then tied for the Brewers with first place in the Central, the Cardinals. Burns went out there and just looked like that Cy Young award winner that he is. And then, I mean, dude, Devin Williams coming in, the airbender getting it done, and then Josh Hader closing the door. I wanted to play this little clip of Josh Hader uh, coming back from the paternity list. Again, congrats on the birth of your son. Got to be very exciting. Uh, just a couple days removed from Father's Day. Uh, Josh Hader, though, talks uh, after the game. He is chasing down Dan Plesak, who is set to interview Josh Hader. Take away, Dan. Josh, congratulations. Save 116. Your first save as a father, your son Lucas. How does it feel? Great, man. Great. It's uh, it's unbelievable. He's uh, he's uh, I mean, it was the best experience I've ever had in my life, just to see him, hold him, and, uh, man, it's beautiful. Did it feel any different warming up tonight, being a father as opposed to the last time you pitched in a game? I felt like I had a little bit of dad strength. It was more of like the dad strength in the opposite way where my neck was all cranked up and I had it like this, you know. But, no, it was good. How about sleep? Have you slept much the last few days? Oh, yeah, we got some sleep. Uh, You know, he's been uh, sleeping really well during the day, but – uh, we're working on the nighttime schedule. Hey, big series here with the Cardinals. Tell uh, Real quick, now that he is a dad, Rowdy, uh, I did see it on Father's Day. Uh, I forget the exact player that was showing it off. It was the white New Balance, but in a baseball cleat form. Josh Hader needs to start, since he is a dad, and talking about dad strength, he needs the white New Balance shoes uh, in the cleat form if he's going out there. I think that would just be apropos since he's a, a father now. Yeah, I think there were multiple players. I can't remember what team that was either. Or the Nike White Monarchs. Either or. uh, Both work. Tell me why you think you guys are going to still win the Central. Man, we're grinders. I think uh, at the end of the day, we know it's a marathon. We're going to have our ups and downs. But uh, each and every day, these guys come out to put their best foot forward and, uh, you know, play ball the right way. You know, there's been a lot of great relievers that have worn that Brewers uniform about we were doing a look in watching you pitch the ninth inning. I made the statement that I think. Yeah, see, there's a lot of great Brewer closers that wore the uniform, a.k.a. me. me. (laughs) I'm still leading you, uh, hater. I think you're the best reliever to ever put a Brewer's uniform on, and you've you've stayed healthy. What has been the key to your success? Well, I appreciate it. That's an honor to hear from you. Um, I think really just, you know, being really in tune with my health and and making sure I'm doing the right things for my body, uh, making sure I read my body. My body's going to tell me everything that I need to know and and just uh, attending to that. So I think really doing the arm care, doing the little things that, uh, you know, are away from the field. Notice how he didn't say Craig Council bubble wrapping me, Rowdy. Do you think that was uh, the tip of his tongue just was too bad? Well, remember we had that rumor that 
obviously we know that Craig Council has bubble wrapped pitchers. There's no doubt about that. But there was also the rumor that was floated out there saying how Josh Hader doesn't want to go out and pitch multiple innings anymore because he wants to get paid as a closer. Uh, that's We've heard that a couple times. Uh, here's the last little snippet of Hader. And when you pass my record, what will you do that night? Will you at least give me a tip of the cap? Uh, I'll give you a tip of the cap, and then we'll give you a whiskey. How about that? Bingo. <laughs> Thank you. That's funny. Oh, Damn, police is going to get loaded that Josh night, dude. Josh Hader joining us here on MLB tonight. Uh, I would love to know, thanks to uh, the MLB film room right there. Uh, Rowdy, I would love to know what uh, when... I mean, we saw it with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers took over his touchdown uh, record at uh, Lambeau there, and he had that that little recording. He didn't seem too thrilled, did he? Brett Favre was like, there. Thanks, 12. Hey, 12. Hey, 12. Uh, congrats. Yeah, go get a Super Bowl. Uh, who else we see it with? Um, uh, when Craig Council uh, got the new one, it was, uh, I can't remember. Uh, Phil Gardner. For Gardner came out, and he's like, Hey Craig, yeah, congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah, good, good luck. And now I want to know what Dan Please like does. Yeah, uh, hater, I don't need a whiskey. I need uh, the Costco size whiskey bottle because I'm going to drown my sorrows in it because you've now cemented yourself as the best one. Got to be a little awkward sometimes. Oh, but that was a funny interview of Josh Hader, man. Um, what is he tied now for most saves? I think I think he's tied up there first place uh, for most saves uh, in the majors. Would we see him again tonight, you think, if there's a close game? All right. Well, it's Chichi Gonzalez. All right. Play along. If it is a close game, would we be seeing Josh Hader back? I think you would. And my reason would for saying that would be, one, you got to take games when you can get them, right? Especially against the Cardinals. And if you're in position where Josh Hader would be coming in for a save, you would be playing with house money the rest of the series. Rule of thumb is in a a four-game series, you're always looking to at least split it. Now against... Lesser teams, you're maybe sometimes you're like, oh, maybe we can get a three-one. But yes, normally it would be split it. And now against a division rival at home, and the division rival that just happened to be tied with you as they came into town, if you can go and have an opportunity to go up two games to nothing in a four-game series, you gotta pull the trigger. Plus, he was away for a few days yep. where he had not thrown, so he's even a little. He's got a little bit more left in the tank. You ha- you would have to throw them two days in a row and say, hopefully we can find a blowout the last two games. And you're not talking a blowout like when a baby, a newborn baby, like blows out their diaper, right? Like you're not talking that like a blowout with a. On the well, Josh Hader knows that like his child, nothing worse than a baby that blows out like that is a blowout. You can rely on other people like hired help <laughs> in his case. To get rid of it, just just like when there's a blowout for the Milwaukee Brewers, he doesn't need to pitch in a blowout. They there's hired, hired help, and uh, Chichi Gonzalez and <laughs> other guys like that. Nothing worse than a blowout when a baby just all down his back on his diaper. Ugh. Brent Suter, that's another hired help when there's a blowout. See the human blowout. Remember when he ran into a fence in front of the dugout? <laughs> yeah. He lopped his head out for a second. I think that was against the Cardinals. If I uh, yeah, correctly. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. There's yeah. certain guys Ooh. on this roster that uh, they they get a little bit more leeway when the game's out of hand. Our guy, Zach Heilprin, sports director. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. Zach, 
Now, I know I can't, you're listening, and thank you so much. That was just 20, there's 15 minutes of just a juggernaut of an interview with the Madison Mallards. Uh, but, Zach, uh, the reason why I hit you up early this morning, I wanted to talk some Johnny Davis with you and Wisconsin basketball as a whole. So the draft is getting underway uh, tomorrow, or sorry, Thursday night in Brooklyn. And, Zach, Johnny Davis, I've seen uh, – a mock draft I saw today was 20th, but I've seen him uh, either 12 or higher. What's the uh, – what have you seen on Johnny Davis in the draft coming up here? Yeah, I think there's a, a huge like, there's a huge window like that he could go in. I think he could go in the top ten, probably not, but it, it's possible. And then you're saying he could all drop all the way down to twenty. That doesn't seem seem likely. I, I would think probably between ten to to sixteen. Um, the thing the thing is, he's not probably going to be a big time scorer for you right away. That's that's not going to be his game in the NBA. It's going to be being able to lock in on defense, give you some athleticism, obviously, on offense. But I think he's going to be a guy that you can count on to step in and play important minutes. It's just the scoring might not necessarily be there. So he might be a guy that is worthwhile putting next to somebody that needs the ball in their hands a lot. I don't think he's a guy that needs the ball in his hands a lot to, to make an impact. So I think he's got some value. It's just, you know, where it is. Yeah. Who, who, who sees that value? So we were talking about this earlier today in the 7 o'clock hour, and it was about Wisconsin basketball. We went back, you know, Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker getting in the first round. Uh, You had the back-to-back national championships, or I'm sorry, back-to-back Final Fours with the national championship in there. Yeah, right. And then, uh, I mean, we were talking about the season after that Frank and Sam Decker went to the NBA. It was uh, obviously some turmoil. Bo Ryan steps down after, what, 7-5. and That's how great guard gets the job, and, and he turned that season around. But I was asking listeners and Nelly and RJ and LSU this. Uh, what was the expectations, I guess, uh, after going back-to-back Final Fours and seeing two guys go in the NBA draft? Were we going to see, think, or maybe think Wisconsin would be a little more uh, higher up in the pantheon of college basketball here? And have they used that uh, to their advantage, the back-to-back and the you know NBA draft for those two players? Yeah, I mean, obviously there are people that will say that they should have taken the leap and, and all of a sudden gotten four and five star guys every year because they went to the final four twice in a row. Um, I think those pro- those people are probably unrealistic simply because it's, it's kind of like football. Um, and I shouldn't say that it's uh, the AAU culture where these guys travel all over the, all over the place. Like Wisconsin's produced a ton of really good talent, but these guys don't really have that same draw to be able to, to come there. So like when you lose certain guys to other colleges uh, in football, it's like, why would that guy leave Wisconsin for basketball? It's a little bit different. There's just not as much of a, a connectivity to it. They were never, they were never a national um, recruiting team to begin with. I mean, you look at the, that those two final four teams, it's all Wisconsin, Ohio, Illinois, uh, you know, a little Minnesota, like there, that's always what it was going to be. Have they taken advantage of it? I, I don't know what people were expecting. Yeah. I think that I think it's where your expectations are. Um, anybody that thought that they were going to take do what they did and do it in the way that they did, where they were not the, the, the this flashy big time team, but they were extremely efficient. They have the most efficient offense in the history of uh, the Ken Palm era. Like it wasn't the same style with a bunch of one and done guys. Like that's just not what Wisconsin was, and it was never going to be that way. So I think people's expectations probably got a little out of whack. 
Um, so, and, uh, so I bring that up, right, Zach, and then I see this stat, and uh, I saw Wisconsin basketball tweet this uh, late in May, and it was one of five schools to participate in 22 of the last 23 NCAA tournaments. It would be Duke, Gonzaga, Kansas, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. That's pretty good company for you know a team or a program that people kind of scoff at, yes? Do people scoff at Wisconsin? I mean, I think the national. I mean, nationally, yes. And then you have the Badger fans. Uh, some of them, you know, like what we were just talking about. I can't believe they didn't capitalize on back-to-back Final well, Four. I would and- say, as as somebody that was a Wisconsin Badger fan that was in college the same time that they went to back-to-back Final Fours, I would say was my expectations all of a sudden they were going to grab five-star players. And one and dones, no, but kind of more closer to what the football program is recruiting these days. Kind of those threes getting into the fours, and that's what they did. And that's what I'm saying is that was kind of your expectation was to grab more four stars because you were more or less grabbing a ton of threes. Brad Davison, Nate Reavers, um, Reavers. Go, you can go on down the list of, of guys. No, you can you can take a shot at Nate Reavers all you want. But he was a four-star kid. Brad Davison was a four-star. That entire kid. class was four stars. So what's your point then? No, that was that was my expectation as a fan. Oh, you said did. you said some some people had these high. I think if you were thinking that all of a sudden these lottery picks were going to come to Wisconsin because you had two good seasons, that's just not realistic. So I'm I'm just wondering when I see the Wisconsin listed in with Duke, Gonzaga, Kansas, and Michigan State, and I hear people complaining about Wisconsin, I'm like. You know, it's like obviously you want a national title, you want to see more Final Fours, but like that's pretty good company, is it not, Zach? For especially the type of you know players that Wisconsin gets in in the system. Oh, look at the whoa, Zach Heilprin in. You're like the magic man, dude. Yeah. Ask that question again. What this is the this is first ever that this has happened that I have a, a guest on the phone and then he walks in the studio with it. Oh, Zach, I got this stat right here. One of five schools, Duke, Gonzaga, Kansas, Michigan State. I hear people complaining about Wisconsin. They're with these blue bloods. And then you look at Wisconsin, who's always four better in the Big Ten. And they're, they're obviously one of five schools, 22 of the last 23 tournaments. I, as a Wisconsin Badger fan, am very happy with this team and this program. Obviously, I want a national title and more Final Fours, but... Yeah, I think the, the since what? 20, since they went to that Sweet 16 in Greg Gard's second year they haven't performed in the tournament. So, like, getting to the tournament is awesome, right? Yeah. Winning Big Ten titles, which they've done two of the last three years, is awesome. But your legacy's made in March. And if you're not advancing, they haven't advanced past the first weekend since 2017. It's been a while. So, yeah. I mean, that for you, someone who grew up when Wisconsin basketball has always been good. Your entire life, they've been good. Pretty much. That you've known, right? Like you're I started not, you're not watching. One, you're not one of those people that's like was two or three years old and you no. saw and you saw like the 1998 team and they were horrible, <laughs> or like the 1997 team and they were horrible and you remember it. Like the, the I, first I, players I, I remember. That, Zach. The yeah. first players I remember watching and started like attending uh, Badger basketball games. It was like Mike Kelly. It was like Kirk Penny. So yes, they've pretty much been winners. Yeah, early the entire time. Right. Yeah. So I feel like his expectations for this program are probably a little bit different than uh, you and I. yours or mine, yeah. simply because we know what it was like to be horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. the same way with football. Yeah. 
He's known nothing but success during his entire life for football. First ever Badger game I remember watching was the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're a victim. And, we're and, a victim of time, and not not the first Rose Bowl. He's not talking about the no, ninety three. He's, he's not talking about the ninety four Rose Bowl. He's talking about the nineteen ninety nine one. So like, um, I think his expectation. So I really think it depends on who you're t- who you're asking. Okay. So it's a generational thing. I think it, I think it really is. All right. So how about the new generation well, I think then? For the recruits, where we talked about the expectation was just grab more four stars. I would say they did do that for the most part, but a lot of those guys that you would say were four stars, if you ask fans, hindsight, if they didn't know what their stars were when they left, you'd be like, yeah, but of course, Alex Hill Cannon was a four uh, star. Yeah, yeah, we brought that he up. Was a, he was a stud in Minnesota. You, they did what your expectations were to get four star recruits, and it just happened to they be those guys didn't really work out. They didn't work out. <laughs> and then you have a guy like Johnny Davis who probably should have been a Probably should have been a four-star, but was a three-star recruit, according to, to most. Turns so, out to be an All-American. Let me ask you this on Johnny Davis, then, and to bring it full circle with the newer generation of guys, then, that uh, see a lot of winning. So Johnny Davis, obviously, going to be in the first round of the NBA draft coming up here. It, it, we've seen a lot of players from Wisconsin kind of leave and go elsewhere. Um, is this kind of now, you can you can use Sam Decker, you can use uh, Johnny Davis, be like, in-state kids, hey, look at what we can do. We can put guys in the NBA. We can make, look at the jump Johnny Davis had from year one to year two. Like, we can do this. Stay in-state and let's, you know, get to another Final Four. I think that's obviously the hope. Yeah. Whether that actually plays out or not, we'll see. Right now, to Would you point, say it played out from 2015 when they, you know, got that for Sam Decker? No, man. But again, Sam, I mean, Sam always wanted to play at Wisconsin. Like yeah. That was all he ever wanted to do growing up. He wanted to play at Wisconsin. It was the only place he ever wanted to play. Bronson Koenig wanted to play at Wisconsin. J- Johnny and, Davis wanted to play for Wisconsin, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's, I guess I saw some. I don't, I don't know if it was that. ever. I don't. I, he wanted to play at Wisconsin. I think his brother. His brother committed first. No. Oh, did that not happen? Oh, they took him on to be like, hey, we're. They offered him. Well, they offered him a scholarship. And I'm not saying Jordan Davis isn't worth the scholarship. No, he's yeah. actually probably going to play a bunch this year. But, Definitely going to. Um, I think that was what init- that finally sold him on gotcha. Wisconsin, being able to play with his brother. But, but I think to a certain extent, the state of Wisconsin in, in the basketball level at the AAU level has gotten better and better. It's been in recent memory. It's not even just recent memory. I mean, like we go back a decade now. Like it's it's really Kinda really good. The Sam Decker was like the first guy where it seemed like. All of a sudden, the state of Wisconsin is pumping out D one players pretty consistently. Yeah, and and again, that's kind of when the AAU culture really took off, like the mid mid two thousands into the into Sam's time. Um, but like Brian Butch was a McDonald's All American. Yeah, LeBron James in that McDonald's yes, All American. Yeah, so uh, Greg Steensma was a really really good player, like really high Shout at to, Randolph. Shout to Randolph. Yeah. yeah, Sam Decker couldn't beat them. I mean, he could. He just didn't beat him one time. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> couldn't hit a three to save his life that game. Right. Well, national championship game too. Uh, so, <laughs> like, there are uh, there ha- there are examples of other guys, but it's really taken off, and uh, there's just been so much talent. I mean, you look at Tyler Hero and yeah. uh, Therese Halliburton. Like some of those guys that are playing at a really really high level in the NBA right now. Wisconsin tried to recruit. Obviously, Tyler Harrow and had him committed. Hey, he um, was in not, the uniform but taking pictures Curry's at the Cool Center, man. Come on. Yeah. So, uh, Jalen Johnson. Like, you can go down the list of all these great guys that have ended up elsewhere because it just, there's not a pull 
to play at Wisconsin for local kids anymore because they're playing AAU ball all over the country. They're yeah. they're exposed to so much more than anybody AAU's else. See, I wonder how AAU's this crazy. would work. Now, obviously, you hear a lot of people clamoring for a Wisconsin baseball team, and you have for a long time. But the state of Wisconsin baseball, kind of like basketball, is getting better and better. Where all of a sudden you're starting to see more major league players coming from the state of Wisconsin. I wonder even if Wisconsin had a team if they would go to Wisconsin because every kid that's worth anything in baseball either goes south, goes east, or goes west. The Big Ten baseball's not the greatest scene. Okay, will there ever be for and I, I know what Rowdy's saying, but for like basketball, will there ever be and in your opinion, Zach, a shift, a change in this? Uh, can NIL and I know Wisconsin is going to put their they're going to stay with like their pillars and who they are. And I mean, you said this many times. If if you're not paying attention to Wisconsin the last twenty years, then you're kind of, I mean, I'm saying this now. You're dumb for not realizing that they're not going to take full advantage of NIL like a big blue blood powerhouse. But can there be a shift for Wisconsin, or will there be a shift? Like, or will we always be kind of in that like you get luck, not not lucky, but you get a, a batch of kids in, and maybe you make a big run, a little luck on your side, you get to Final Four, and then you wait for another decade or two decades. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the. Everything came together perfectly in 2015, right? Mm-hmm. But it, I feel like the world has changed pretty significantly since 2015 in college basketball and in college athletics in general. Yeah, the transfers and stuff. Is- yeah, so it's. I think it's that's going to be difficult. I think you're going to see guys that aren't playing early transfer out. We saw that with some guys this year with Wisconsin. I think that's going to continue, and you're going to see Wisconsin try and plug holes with with uh, guys that have you know maybe formed Wofford. Yes, Wofford and UW Green Bay and. Like um, guys that maybe should have been recruited coming out of high school, but now they're here, and yeah. um, so I don't know. It's is it, are we going to? I don't think you're ever going to be in a situation where Wisconsin's going and grabbing the top players every single year from the state of Wisconsin. <sighs> That's what makes the runs so special. Then when they happen, I think if they were Glass going to start, full. no, I think it's amazing. Like when when you go back and watch like the introductions. For, I love Wisconsin basketball. Though. I love like just, when you go back and watch the introductions for the 2015 Final Four in the national championship game. Sam Decker from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Josh Goss from Ugh. Port Washington, Wisconsin. Brand, uh, Bronson Koenig from La Crosse, Wisconsin. And then you had, obviously, Nigel Hayes from Ohio and, and uh, Kaminsky from Illinois. But, like, three of the five guys in the national championship game being from Wisconsin, that's a, that's a dream. I don't know if they'll ever top, unless they win a national championship, I don't know if they'll ever top beating that undefeated Kentucky team. I mean, they have won a national championship. Yeah, 1941. Yeah. I mean, we recognize it here. Don't get us wrong. But beating I Kentucky? Saw, yeah. I saw a ranking of the best teams since 2000, and the Kentucky team was number one. The 2015 team was. And Wisconsin was number eight. The 2015 team was. And Duke wasn't even on there. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw really? metrics where they were saying... <laughs> The team that won it all wasn't they wasn't weren't. wasn't even in the top two. I mean Kentucky. I mean Kentucky. Arguably, maybe not even arguably, the best defensive team of all time that year. Wisconsin just happened to have the best offense, Ken Palm wise, ever. Yeah. Most efficient offense wise. Yeah, baby. So, all right. So uh, I, offensively- know, I think the only way that Wisconsin could ever recruit at a level that fans would be happy about, they'd have to completely change their offense and completely change who they are and. Throw a little money around. See, I like I like who Wisconsin basketball. See, is. but if you like who Wisconsin is, and it's the three and four star kids that work hard, have a good work like, ethic, I like and this. you know it's more fundamentals instead of run up and down the floor. You're not going to win national titles unless everything lines up. 
perfectly. Yeah, yeah and we yeah. saw it oh, line yeah. up I've, perfectly, and they still didn't win. I've come to terms and grips with it, but that's why I say I like the stat. That here's so you can't one of be five upset schools. when they don't do it. No, you can't. I mean, it, unless I get a time machine and go back to 1941, right? And enjoy that that uh, the, enjoy, the, enjoy that run. What a run it was! Where they play like two games. I believe they won. I believe they won the championship. Like it was like forty-one. Yeah, I looked like it up. Thirty-nine. Some thirty-nine, thirty-four. It was in the low forties and the high thirties. Yeah. But I like this stat though. Duke, Gonzaga, Wisconsin, Kansas, Michigan State. One of five schools to participate in twenty-two less twenty-three dances. You can't win unless you're not in the championship or the tournament. I should say. And of those teams, only Duke and Kansas have won championships in that time. Uh, yes, I feel good about that. No, I mean it was two thousand, right? That, yeah, so it would be Michigan State. I guess if they're saying since, two, well, here, 99-2000 season. We're going to throw them out, okay, and say that it didn't start then for them, okay? We're sure. throwing them out. Zach, um, what, a, what a great surprise yeah. to see you in here. Anything for you. I came in just for you. It's good for, it's good for you to see us. Yes. Uh, also, as usual. real quick before uh, I let you go, you're going to have to go check on one young Ben Kenny. I think he's... Uh, He's in his feelings today as Brooks Kepka has now scoffed away to the Live League. So Ben might be crying his coffee. Uh, but Brewers on Thursday are a afternoon game. Yes. Kenny and Heilprin. Excited for that episode. Yes. What do we got coming up on Kenny and Heilprin on Thursday? I'm going to talk with Ben just a few minutes here. We're gonna... Well, be careful because I think he's crying about Kepka. No, I already saw him favoriting tweets throwing dirt on Kepka. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anybody that changes, anybody leaves... PGA to go live is is buried and dead in his mind. Oh, I've heard him on the Bill Michael show just going off about how their faces and fronts for this uh, murderous Saudi government. Like, wow, that's a bold take. It's not though. But then he went and filled his tank up with Saudi gas. All right, Zach, we love you, buddy. Yes. Uh, also, we're starting. Uh, the camp starts back up this week. Yes. Everyone, get excited! Get excited! Woo! Get going to be uh, doing our position previews leading into fall or to uh, media days, which is going to be next month. Me and Ben going to be down there. And then also going to learn a little bit about the media members that cover the team. Uh, Got Colton Ball. I think think it's the biggest draw. But is there any tears on Thursday for (laughs) Kenny and I? Hey, last time I was Ben came in here really pissed (laughs) off that we were attacking him in his tears. I have no problem doing the tears. We we got after PJ Fleck uh, a little bit too much. Yeah, I heard. I heard there was was he Botoxed here? My God, man! What? Just just own what you did. I I don't know. Um, There's not a wrinkle on that forehead. Why? Uh Oh, I think Ben's coming in. There he is. There's Ben. (laughs) You want to stick around? I got I got the interviews to do. Unbelievable. uh, Yeah, and your chest is kind of. Oh yeah, I wore this shirt for you today. Yeah. Before you leave, you said you had a bunch of interviews that you had to do. If you had to throw this interview into a tear, what would it be? (laughs) Uh, One of twenty tears. Uh, Tier (laughs) eighteen. 20's the best. Yeah, I got it. Nailed it. We'll take it. All right, Zach, we love you, buddy. Thanks for coming.